Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. The Lamborghini Super Trofeo North America on IMSA Radio. On IMSA Radio. It is go fast time for the Super Trofeo cars. I really love when these sessions come around because it's when you take off all the restrictions and say, guys, show us what you can do. Here's some fresh tires as well. And that's every driver's favorite phrase to be told. You get the stickers. It will be two 15-minute sessions coming up for this quick fire session. And as we consider the length of the track, the lap time, and then the amount of time you get for qualifying, it should be about seven flying laps. Not that many opportunities to lay down what you can do. And for the drivers going out in this first session, they will start the race tomorrow. Whereas the drivers that will start the second 15-minute session, they have to wait until Sunday afternoon before they get to see the green flag first. Hi, everybody. I'm Shay Adams, still with Jeremy Shaw for this session. We're going to have a five-minute break in between the two. Well, I say going to have a five-minute break. It's in theory, really, because it gives the teams an opportunity to swap over drivers. But if you're still on the track, when that checkered flag comes out, that's when the five-minute rest period begins. And that means that your opportunity to change drivers has begun. We've got how many cars? 35, 36 cars on the uh, entry list on the timing screen. 35 of them, I believe, will be going out for this qualifying session. Unless you can give me some good news that says otherwise, Jeremy Shaw, because I think we are still missing one of our cars. The 74 Tom Kerr did not run this morning in the practice session. Uh, They ran a couple of laps yesterday in the afternoon practice session. But the question is, will they be going out for qualifying? Yeah, sure. I don't know what the problem was uh, this morning. Mm. Uh, uh, the other car we will not see in this qualifying session will be Alan Grossberg in car number two. Oh, no. Uh, he had a, uh, a big wreck down at, uh, at the kink, and uh, he was actually taken to, to hospital for precautionary checks uh, this morning, uh, so he won't be cleared to drive this afternoon. Hopefully he's okay. We haven't heard uh, any p- particular word. I think he was complaining a little bit of pain. He got out of the car on his, uh, under his own steam, so no, nothing... Uh, too dramatic there we hope for Alan Grossberg and uh, big shame for him of course mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we're hoping he's going to be uh, okay he's from uh, Chilan in Washington hmm. he's a, uh, a high school kid tennis coach uh, primarily is his, is his sort of that's his main job uh, he's been doing that for many many years and it based out there in, in rural, rural Washington and this is his first proper season of racing in anything at all. So, of course, running in the LB Cup category for the Dream Racing Motorsport team. He went to, to do the experience that they have out there in Las Vegas Motor Speedway for the uh, Dream Racing uh, Motorsport uh, experience and uh, loved it so much, uh, as have many, many other drivers over the years, uh, able to get a license through that to compete at this level and taking part in his first season of racing. He was sharing the car uh, for the for the opening rounds of the season with um, Dario uh, Capitano the last uh, few week re- race weekends, but this weekend going it solo in the LB Cup class. 
And uh, I do have good news because the 74, the car that we were thinking that would be missing, is on the pit lane. That hopefully means he'll be able to go out on the racetrack. But the bright silver car with the red and blue accents on it is finally in the pit box that it shares with Andretti Autosport. So easy to see uh, from this vantage point. So good news there. We're about one minute away from the start command to be given. And then, as I said, the first tranche of drivers allowed out onto the 4.048 mile circuit to have their go at qualifying. Different conditions to what we had this morning, namely in wind. There is a stiff headwind going down the front straight, which of course means you're going to have a tailwind going into Canada Corner. So you might not have to break as early as you think going into turn one and maybe just a foot or two sooner than you think going into Canada Corner. I bet that'll catch somebody out on this first lap because the flags are at full attention. It is a good breeze down that straight. The temperature is rising as well from this morning's uh, practice session. So slightly different conditions than the drivers last found out on the track, but uh, that's what they get their outlap for. It's a bit of a sighting lap. And of course, the drivers who are in the cars for the second qualifying session or the solo drivers get a bit of an advantage because they can get the information from the first session to figure out what it's going to be like. Ten seconds away now from the green flag. Tani has it in hand, still holding it flat down again so nobody can claim they saw the green flag early. And everybody in this session starting from their pit boxes. There we go. Green flag is out. And a great launch from the number, which one was that? That's Ashton Harrison, number 25, sharing that car with Tom Long. It is Ashton behind the wheel as she's one of the first cars out of the pit Lane, but the first car out, no surprise, championship leader and race winner multiple times this year. It's Danny Formal in car number one. We definitely need to keep our eyes on that machine. They are contenders for pole. Other people to watch out during this session? Well, we saw from this morning that there were some very impressive times from cars further down in the field numerically 71 billy johnson always somebody to watch and the 88 has loris spinelli behind the wheel that is the italian colored car if you're out around the circuit and looking for somebody to cheer on those are three pretty good ones to put down for a bet for pole yeah uh, certainly uh, the fastest time uh, this morning uh, was set by danny formal in car number one but uh, the fastest time of the week uh, so far, it was actually set yesterday afternoon by Patrick Liddy in car number eight for the Ogara Motorsport Change Racing US Racetronics Triumvirate there. Uh, that time, 206.2 wasn't beaten, surprisingly, this morning. So it's Patrick Liddy who, uh, for the first time, was uh, topped a session in, uh, in, uh, in this Lamborghini Super Trofeo. Very proud of himself for that. Oh. He was quite rightly so. And uh, super excited to think about this qualifying session right now. Just going through the carousel now are the leaders out on the racetrack as we've just had our final car leave the pit lane, that being the bright gold machine. Uh, Cloud Centeretti is not showing as out on the racetrack as of yet. I haven't seen that white Lamborghini either. That's number 51. I'm just wondering if maybe he is not taking part in this qualifying session because his pit box was right across from us this morning as well, Jeremy. So maybe we're missing the 51 as well. Uh, another car, Nelson Piquet Jr. in car number 30. He's just leaving the pits now. The other car we're not seeing out there is, oh, he is out there now. Okay, Richard Antonucci in car number 23 sharing that Dream Racing Motorsport car this weekend with uh, Luke Berkeley. And that car this yeah. morning, that car stopped out on track uh, 
It's actually the left rear wheel parted company with the car. Oh, no. So, yeah, and uh, the, yeah, the driver's not terribly impressed by that. Oh, gosh. Um, because Richard, Richard's, well, neither of them had, have had hardly any laps. They had problems yesterday in the practice session as well. I can't remember the problems yesterday. Mm. Um, oh, I think it's a, a throttle position centre. No, that was, that was, that was previously. Mm. But, uh, yeah, he's had some, had some difficulties as Luke Berkeley this season. But sharing that car for the first time, Richard Antonucci, and it is Antonucci who's out in the car now. Massively experienced, of course, is Richard, a two-time series champion. He's got more wins than anybody else in these Lamborghinis, so he knows how to pedal these cars. Uh, and uh, even though he's had a lot of lack of track time this weekend, uh, he's, uh, he's going to make the most of it. We've got a couple of other names on the timing charts to keep your eye on as far as impressive drivers. I've just noticed Martin Fuentes on the uh, timing chart, car number 45. He's a guy who's very quick around this place and always quick in a Lamborghini, so watch him for a potential AM poll. Four categories in this series, by the way. You've got Pro, Pro-Am, Am, and LB Cup. LB Cup is for drivers with very little racing experience, i.e. none. And then Pro, obviously, professional spec drivers. They are set uh, based on their lap times and their experience. And the categories do not dictate the cars, i.e. the cars are all identical. It's the driver that makes the difference as far as which category you are in. Danny Formal looking like he's on a good lap, although the purple sector time has gone to Patrick Kujula, who is in car number 50. And purple sector 2 for Danny Formal, purple sector 3 for Joel Miller. Joel, who is driving solo this year, uh, not this year, excuse me, this race weekend. And uh, he is going to be somebody to keep an eye on as well because Joel, always quick. Yeah, and driving the car solo this weekend. Generally, he shares that car with uh, with uh, Brett Jacobson, but uh, Brett uh, uh, unable to get here this weekend. So uh, he's uh, graciously told the Flag Elizabeth team, "Okay, you go run it for for Joel. Uh, he can get some more time in the car. So when he is back uh, for the next rounds of the championship, remember that is it? Is it, is it, is it, I that is now. Um, uh, but." Uh, when he's back for that for the next rounds, then uh, he, he has some, you know, some more data to draw from. And uh, of course, uh, Joel Miller, he's the pro driver in that uh, in that combination. So it's a good opportunity for him to get some more track time and learn a little bit more about these cars because he's done very little testing in that car. Yeah, and it, it's a brilliant move too because Brett Jacobson has been coached by Joel Miller for a couple of years now, and they've yeah. got a relationship in uh, other manufacturers where Joel goes out and tests the car, set a baseline, and then Brett goes out and drives the car so that they can compare the two and see where Brett needs to improve. This is basically a weekend of giving uh, Joel the opportunity to say, all right, what can the car do so that we know for these test days where we need to put it to be able to make it as fast and then work Brent in. So it's a, a really good opportunity for Brett Jacobson, even though he's not here. I'm, uh, I'm really impressed that they still are running the car. Uh-oh, impact at turn 10 coming up on the timing screen. That is the corner just before the kink. Still have green flag, though. Uh-oh. So we wait and see if uh, it is recoverable and who it might be. Number 64 car has gone missing in that sector. Ooh. 64 being Tom Tate. That's one of the Flying Lizard Motorsports cars. That's the green one with the orange accents on it. And we are still green. 
flipping through the cameras over in the room next door if I might be able to uh, snag a view. Yep, red flag. red flag is out. So for Tom Tate, that means that he will lose his fastest two lap times for causing a red flag. I don't think he even managed to get one in, though. Hopefully the damage is not too severe. But Patrick Liddy will be ruining his luck, having set the purple sector one time. That time around, Laura Spinelli, who was on a brilliant lap, will not get to complete it. Red flag is out, which means that any cars that cross the start-finish line now will not get to keep their times. No, there is uh, you know, not that many cars that completed their third lap around here. Patrick Liddy hadn't. Yep. Uh, uh, Danny Formal had, uh, and he is he fastest in car number one to a 6.141 for Danny Formal, which is the fastest lap of the week so far. Fastest lap uh, previously set yesterday by Patrick Liddy at a 206.243. Mm. Uh, so Danny Formal fastest uh, and quickest off the pro cars. Danny, Patrick Liddy second in the Pro-Am class, 206.5. Sebastian Carrazzo also in Pro-Am third quickest at the moment. He's number 47 for the Precision Performance Motorsport team, 207.1. So a full second behind Danny Formal. Now, the other thing I'm watching for, Jeremy, is there's a rule that when a red flag comes out, you may not sit in the fast lane and wait for the green flag to come back out. So I'm just looking to see and make sure that all the cars go back to their pit boxes because that is what you're supposed to do during a red flag. If not, you're going to be getting a drive through penalty. Ashton Harrison just had a spin at turn 12, Canada corner. Oh. Didn't improve on that last lap, so, but she still signs... Uh, Sixth in the order, fourth hmm. in pro am. However, a lot of the pro cars just haven't got up to speed yet, and uh, yeah, this time is uh, going to tick by pretty quickly now. Yep. In this session, that you can see how that flag is really standing out right now, isn't it? As you say, a pretty strong headwind. Yeah. As the cars come up the start finish straight away. If you were walking it, it would definitely tire you out coming up that final yeah. hill going into turn one. As uh, everybody continues to stream back into the pit lane now, six minutes and 17, 16, 15 seconds to go, as this is a time certain session. Now, 10 minutes guaranteed green flag time. If we don't get that, then the grid is set by points. And if it's set by points, Jeremy, I believe that they do it with the classes in class order, as opposed to if they set it by qualifying, it's where wherever you qualify, that's where you start. Yeah, there's... Uh Kind of a little bit of a fudge time, fudge factor time here with these uh, two sessions back to back. There's f- five, five minutes, five minutes between the yes. sessions, isn't it? And that's uh, <laughs> simply what they give to be able to change your drivers in between the two sessions. And um, the problem is that when the lap is this long, it can take yeah. five minutes to get that's back right. around. That's exactly right. Well, we've got the red flag out, and a perfect example, um, three minutes we just had was one of the quickest times, 3.15, for the cars to cross the finish line and get back into the pit lane as far as their lap time is concerned. But those are cars that were on flying laps already when the red flag came out and had to dive into the pits. We still wait for a couple of the cars to actually register a time as they come back into their pit boxes to tell us how long that last lap took. Yeah, three and a half minutes, basically, to get around the circuit once at a slow and safe pace. Yeah, and uh, a couple of the most experienced drivers in the field, namely Richard Antonucci in in this championship, and uh, Nelson Piquet Jr., who's driven, well, not much he hasn't driven during his career, the uh, Brazilian son of three-time Formula World champion Nelson Piquet uh, 
also. But uh, Junior has driven everything and uh, loves competing in this championship with the Ansa Motorsports team based, based in South Florida. Nelson comes up from his uh, home in Brazil. He's driving also in Brazil in the, uh, in the uh, stock car series down there, I believe. Uh, but loves coming up here and he has not turned, a, not turned a lap time at all in this session, nor, surprisingly, had Richard Antonucci. Huh, three laps being shown for Antonucci, none of them being credited, though. Mm. As uh, one would have been the out lap, one would have been his first mm, flying lap. I come into the pits. Yeah, or the red flag had come out. Well, no, because that still would have only been two. That's what would have happened to Nelson Piquet. Don't know. Bit of a mystery there for that one for uh, Antonucci as to what's going on. But that 23 machine has not been at the uh, top of the charts as we would expect it all weekend. No. Well, they had the problems yesterday. They had problems again this morning with the wheel falling off. Yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> not been a great um, weekend so far for the number 23 team. I'm just trying to spy and see if we're getting any indication of when we might be going back to green. Uh, can't see if service vehicles are still out on the course, unfortunately. Can't crane my neck in that direction. But we are now down to three minutes and 15 seconds remaining in this session. And it has been officially called. Tom Tate will lose his two fastest lap times for causing the red flag, meaning that he would start as the back of the back. And I mean the back of the back because he would be behind uh, Claude Senoretti should Claude be able to make the race start. So a guy who wasn't even able to qualify, Tom Tate would be behind him as per the penalty. Um, but at this point, I'm not entirely sure we're going to be able to get that 10 minutes guaranteed green flag time met for this session. So this might all be null and void with, uh, well, either way, Danny Formel starting at the front of the field. He'll be happy about that. But Patrick Liddy and Sebastian Carrazzo, who qualified... Uh, no, sorry, Sebastian Carrazzo's in third. But Patrick Liddy qualified in the second place overall, first of the Pro-Am cars. He would be a bit, um, well, not exactly happy to go from starting second to starting tenth. Because there are nine Pro cars in the LB class. And they would start them by class. Yes, it wouldn't be... New people to the championship go to the back <laughs> yeah. if you have zero championship points. Yeah, Patrick Liddy, that he, he and Damon Oki, who wasn't here yesterday, he, he got in late last yesterday evening, so Patrick did the whole huh. session yesterday, took advantage of it by setting the fastest time. <laughs> uh, and as you say, they're, they're only fourth uh, in the points table coming to this weekend. They did win the most recent race at uh, Watkins Glen, but uh, only fourth in the points, so that quite likely is where they're going to have to start the race fourth in class. And as you say, that's behind all the pro cars as well. So, yeah, that's a, uh, that'll be a major disappointment for that number 18. Mm, minute and a half to go now. Still no sign of any flag being waved on the start stance. So no indication of if we're going to get an opportunity to go back to green flag. But at this point, I would say very unlikely. And uh, seeing as we are nowhere near green flag time being met, uh, I would assume, which is a very dangerous thing to do, let's be honest, uh, that the grid will be set by points. But we wait for confirmation from race control. Really good job in that session by Shian uh, Chandrasoma, fastest in the AM class uh, in eighth overall in car number 19. Yeah. That is uh, the the car that's currently placed at second in points in the AM. Excuse me. Uh, Chandra Soma, third in points in the uh, 
and Class B. He's won the class on two occasions this season and was looking to win a, a, a third time out, last time out as well at Watkins Glen. Unfortunately, had a, a technical problem towards the end of that race, so mm. DNF'd. So that cost him in, in the points. But uh, quick again here, eighth fastest overall, but uh, hats off also to Slade Stewart yeah. in car number 14 for, for Flying Lizard Motorsports. Um, car number 14, fastest of LB Cup, ninth overall out of the 31 cars that are set at a time. So a great run there for Slade Stewart in that uh, very distinctive car number 14. Checkered flag is about to be waved now as time has expired there we go so now there's the five minute window begins to switch over to the second drivers we'll let you know if there is any kind of delay as to the start of the second session and if we hear any update on uh, how the grid will indeed be set but for now looking at the timing screen lb cup we had a good time as well by scott schmidt with uh, 213 as the opening gambit for them, uh, quite a few LB Cup competitors this weekend. We began with nine cars, nine in the pro category as well, five in pro-am, and then 13 in the am category. So a big field of cars coming into race this weekend in Elkhart Lake. It's one of those attractive tracks where everybody wants the opportunity to come and drive. And in just a couple of moments' time, the second drivers and uh, the solo drivers as well will get the opportunity to go back out on the circuit for 15 further minutes of what we hope will be green flag qualifying. And that will be the last opportunity for these drivers to go out until tomorrow's race tomorrow morning at 9.50 in the morning. A nice uh, bit of a way to shake off the cobwebs for perhaps some of the people who decide to party a little bit too hard tonight. I saw yesterday there were a lot of campers already around this track. People enjoying the weekend. It was a long weekend last weekend in Canada. This is just August in Wisconsin. Doesn't get much better than that, especially if you get some brats, some corn. Life is good. Yes, it is. Just a wonderful place to go racing. Good to see that some of the, the clouds have been breaking up, haven't they, over the last, yeah. of course, last hour or so. So sun back out again. That's always good. And uh, I said it, the weather's been changing pretty regularly, hasn't it, this week? Mm -hmm. Some rain, I believe, on, on Wednesday before I got here. Yesterday was beautiful most of the day. It was certainly crystal clear in the mornings and the same in the evening maybe a little bit of cloud cover was there during the day shade set at, um i i wasn't here for the majority of the no, day i just okay, got fine. here basically in time for the track walk yeah, i was i was up wandering around so i really wasn't paying attention to the skies but mm. uh, this morning is absolutely again cloudless sky beautiful but uh, the clouds came in and now they're dissipating again so this is uh, this is what we want the rain is forecast for Sunday entirely. Just have to look at that, particularly since race number two for the Lamborghini Super Trofeo is going to be in the afternoon. Uh, the rain forecast is almost 100% for race number two for yeah, really. Super Trofeo. Uh, looks like it's, last time I it's going to begin somewhere around 8 o'clock in the morning, nice. and it's going to go until... Well, until Monday morning, um, pretty solid as far as the forecast is looking as of now. But that's okay. We love racing in the rain. This is sports car racing. We do that. 
we uh, turn left and right and uh, go out when the wet stuff is coming down, as long as it's a safe condition in which to race. And to be perfectly honest, we've seen some of the worst rainstorms we've ever experienced at racetracks here, Jeremy. True, true <laughs> that, true that. It's supposed to be the high today, is saying of, uh, of 80 degrees, 79 it's showing right now is down in huh. Plymouth at least, 90 degrees tomorrow, yeah. so significantly warmer tomorrow is the forecast, which didn't show up on this yesterday. Oh, yeah. Um, I've, I've been prepared for the sweating. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Should be good fun. It's going to be toasty. Well, the good news is, though, this race taking place in the morning for Super Trofeo means that they get that opportunity to race in the morning, perhaps stick around and watch race cars in the afternoon, yeah. or go to the lake and enjoy a beautiful yeah. day with the family. That's part of what's nice about coming to this track. There's lots of options for everyone. All right, let's see. If I snoop on the cameras and just test the lengths of my microphone, I don't see anybody out on the track anymore. So we should be good to go uh, for the next qualifying session in one minute. Um, we did have cars that did not read the rule book. Shame on you. 23, 38, 53, 9, 27, and 8. They lined up at the pit exit instead of going back to their pit boxes during a red flag. That results in a drive-through penalty for them at the start of this qualifying session. So the ramifications aren't just uh, forgiven because that qualifying session did not resume. We are going to be seeing drive-through penalties. Luke Berkeley is driver of the number 23. That was Richie Antonucci who lined up. Uh, the 38 is Scott Schmidt. That should be Trevor Andrusco taking over for him, I believe. Um, second driver of the 38, Jeremy? No, he's driving solo. Oh, he's yeah, driving yeah, solo. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he drove, so, uh, drove solo. Uh, he, he made his sort of solo debut uh, uh, a couple of races ago, actually. He's done the last, last two events uh, solo as Scott Schmidt and okay. uh, had his first win last, uh, last time out at Watkins Glen Green. in the LB Cup. Green flag is out now. Um, 53 is Aiden Yoder. That was Jordan Missig for the first session. Yep. So he did the uh, misdeed there. We've got Wesley Slimp in the number nine now. Who is the first driver for that car? For the number no, nine that, machine. The num- t- uh, t- That would be... Uh, uh, Tyler Hoffman would have Tyler been Hoffman. that guy. Yeah, Thank yeah, yeah. you. Um, Eduardo Liberati is the driver at fault in the number 27. Uh, his co-driver is Dario Capitania. Dario, there we go. Yeah, again, and Liberati has been driving solo uh, in uh, in the other races this season, but joined this weekend by Dario Capitania. The two right. of them driving that that Bitbull car, the purple liveried number twenty-seven. And the eight is now Damon Oki. But uh, as you've said, it was Patrick Liddy for that first session, was it not? Yep. Yep. So. Those uh, teams are the ones who are responsible for calling their drivers not to come back to the pit boxes. So I'm not going to shame the drivers per se, but uh, it always pays off to read the rule book. I'm a big proponent of that. All right, green flag is out, and we've got a slew of race cars out onto the track. Now, the number 19, Jeremy, that car was a bit recalcitrant to leave the pit lane at the start of the last session, and Sheehan is still sitting in his pit box, so looking for a bit of space. It didn't cost him too much as far as the uh, qualifying was concerned for the first session because he did still manage to get in the quick times. But you would think, after sitting in the pits for such a long red flag session, he would have been a bit more eager to uh, evacuate the area. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, you know, strategic call, I'm sure, by that uh, that team to keep him on the pit lane, and he can get that car uh, up to speed, 
uh, without worrying about uh, traffic in front. Who's the other car that went out? Was that Nelson Piquet Jr. as yes, well? Yes, yes. In Caliber 30, he did the same in that first uh, session as well. Of course, the uh, the downside, potential downside to that is you don't get your lap in, which is what happened to Nelson Piquet in that excuse me, in that first session. So he didn't set a lap time at all. Exactly. And uh, that's, uh, you can come back to bite you. And exactly the opposite, Jeremy, of what we were talking about, waiting too long, leaving too early, earns you a drive through penalty as well. John Hennessy in car number 33. Uh, in the 50, Eduardo Piscopo. And in the 99, Jordan O'Brien. They all need to make pits lane visits once again because, again, they didn't read the rules. So, again, that's uh, <laughs> two of the... Uh, the uh, Ogara change US Astronics cars, number 33 and number 50, uh, having to serve that penalty. And now we've got these drive-through penalties coming into play as drivers are going out to complete their outlaps. So it's smart. Get the penalties done early and then put your head down and really go for it. Nico Rieger was just purple in sector one. That's car number 48. Good yeah. to see Nico doing uh, well. He's fast. I had a little chat to him yesterday. Uh, uh, last time he drove here, he was in the, in the MX-5 car. Yeah. Uh, former series champion, of course, in the, in the Mazda MX-5 Cup. And uh, he got a scholarship to move on up the ladder from there. Driving this year in the Lamborghini is absolutely loving. He said it's a very different track in a Lamborghini <laughs> compared to a... Uh, a, a Mazda MX-5, <laughs> big eyes, but uh, he did a, he's done a super job this season, has Nika, sharing with a fellow MX-5 graduate to David Staub, uh, and the two of them have done a really good job this season. They lead the AM class for Precision Performance Motorsports, uh, and uh, they've, uh, they've won the class on two occasions. Nico has had a couple of pole positions, and looking to get another one, or at least in class, Looking to get another one here at Road America. I'm just checking because uh, <laughs> I think it's about 30 seconds a lap faster in these cars uh, than it is the Cup cars. Think, yeah, yeah 2.32.3 was the pole time we had in the MX-5 Cup. That was this year at Road America, and those cars are quite a bit quicker than the ones that Nico was driving a few years ago. So, yeah, I would imagine the track looks very different when you're going 30 seconds faster. <laughs> My goodness. All righty. We've got a good lap coming together from Kyle Marcelli as well as Billy Johnson. So two of those drivers that we warned you to keep an eye on. Kyle did not get to set a representative lap time in that practice session this morning. So this is the first time today he's getting to uh, go quickly around Road America. It's John DeBates Capestro, though, who is the quickest driver so far. Capestro DeBates. Sorry about that. Thank you, Jeremy. Helping me with all these names. And Billy Johnson goes to the top of the charts. Kyle Marcelli only good enough for sixth overall. It's a really good lap by Billy Johnson there. Kyle number 71, a 2 minutes 6.046. And uh, what was the fastest time in that first session? Wasn't it, uh, wasn't that quick? it wasn't as quick as that one? No, it? it wasn't. No, not quite. 2.063 so maybe? That, uh, that is the uh, 2.061 I think it was. Not yeah. quite as quick. A fraction quicker than this morning time, I think. Yeah. But uh, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a 2.060. No. That is the best time of the uh, sessions so far. John Capestro Dubetz, who's come from absolutely nowhere, <laughs> effectively. Uh, I mean, he, he, hasn't, he did some Michelin Pilot Challenge races about a decade ago. Gosh. Uh, since then, he's been paying his dues as a driver coach. and He's had various opportunities to drive cars. This year, all of a sudden, 
the uh, opportunity has come a knocking for John Capastro de Betts. He's done a fabulous job in these cars. He also got an opportunity to join the RS1 team in the Michelin Pilot Challenge, put the car on the pole position last time out at Lime Rock Park. A brilliant performance there. Set the fastest lap of the race as well. This weekend, he's also driving the Michelin Pilot Challenge, having got the call-up for Hardpoint to drive their number 22 car in that championship. So John Capastro de Betts is a... uh, yeah, he's, a, he's a great example of somebody that never gives up. You know, the yes. harder you work, the, the, the luckier you get, the more opportunities that crop up. And John Capestro de Betsy is currently fourth fastest in this session, but improving again on this lap. He is going to have his lap number one invalidated, though, for track limits at turn one. So that quick lap time he's going to need to replicate. And the good news is he's personal best sectors one and two. Kyle Marcelli is overall best sectors one and two, waiting for them to make the long climb up the hill and cross the finish line to see what kind of lap time they can put together. And that ploy of waiting till the rest of the field was long gone before leaving the pit lane. Nelson Piquet Jr., second fastest, 206.150 couple of tenths quicker than uh, Castro de Betts. Now Kyle Marcelli, 205.844 wow. for the championship leader, car number one, Kyle Marcelli. Billy Johnson is on a, a lap to improve as well, no. but no, no, lost it. Uh, was way slow in sector three, yeah. lost, what, 24 seconds there? No, 14 seconds in wow. the final sector. Must have had an incident uh, out there. Car still in one piece, though, and he does have quite a bit of traffic ahead of him. Uh, I think that was a problem. He just caught yeah. traffic, I think. And there's some, there's a big, di- big discrepancy in lap times yes. amongst this field. Drivers with uh, massive range of experience out there. There's a lot of drivers who've driven virtually nothing before driving these cars. I tell you what, hopping into a 620 horsepower car for your first taste of motor racing—that's uh, uh, pr- pretty gutsy in my book. <laughs> It, well, yeah, and you speak about the big range out there on the track. Um, the slowest car so far, I'm not used to saying this, Ashley Freiberg is uh, the least quick of the drivers so far. Her lap time is 13 seconds off the best time that we've seen so far, but she was on an, an improving lap and then had a mishap in Sector 2 or something happened because she lost a good deal of time there, but now she's improving, so this should set the world right. Yeah, she's just ca- caught up with some traffic now, as I say, you know, getting a clear lap around here, and that's why we saw those cars lining up at the pit exit yeah. uh, if you can get out at the, at the front of the field then uh, there's, there's less cars in your way uh, and that is also why Nelson Piquet Jr. having pitted farther down the, the uh, back back down the down the uh, pit lane in terms of positioning uh, rather than go out with everybody else and get completely messed up for the first few laps give yourself a whole bunch of space it's a long lap, lap time here you can leave you know two and a half minutes after everybody else <laughs> Uh, and still be ahead of everybody else as they come around to complete the first lap. But you've got clear track in front of you. That's exactly what uh, Nelson Piquet did, and he's in the top three still at the moment. So we've got t- Pro Cars 1, 2, 3, number 171 and 30, Carl Marcelli, Billy Johnson, and Nelson Piquet Jr. Then the two Pro Am cars, Sebastian Carrazzo, who's really on a tear this weekend for car number 47, ahead of his teammates, John Capestro Dubetz, in car number 46, who's fifth fastest. Yeah, and you're not exaggerating when you say further down the pit lane, Jeremy. I was talking with uh, Bert, one of the pit lane officials. He's in the, the far end of the pits, and he pointed out you can actually see the curvature of the earth because <laughs> there is so much of a hill going up the pit lane. And, uh, yeah, I can only imagine when you're a driver sitting there waiting to be released, thinking, I've got to go up this and not stall. Yeah, okay. Easier said than done. 
Dario Capitanio has improved his time. He's now up to fourth in the pro category, but he'll be looking to move up even more. Sebastian Carrazzo lays down a lap and pulls into the pit lane for car number 47. Still fastest of the pro-aim cars and fourth overall. Mega lap by Sebastian that we've seen today. Yeah, significantly quicker than his lap times this morning. 2.068 uh, he did uh, this morning in that car. He's sharing that car with fellow Puerto Rican Brian Ortiz. Another guy with MX5 experience. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Sebastian Carrazzo, he's uh, got a lot of experience in Porsches. In fact, he was racing a Porsche here last weekend. Won one uh, of the races, too. A bit of a tear. Fourth fastest in, is in this session, but fastest in Pro-Am. In the Am class, Nico Riga is 12th quickest overall, caliber 48. Another of precision performance motorsports uh, entries. Huh. Fastest in Am by... About, uh, about uh, only two tenths of a second over Shian Chandrasoma in second position in car number 19, although Chandrasoma already in the pits with four minutes remaining. Third fastest in that class, Randy Soleri continuing his good form in that Wayne Taylor race in car number three. Love seeing that for uh, Randy continuing to trouble the top of the charts as he moves up through the classes and is a student of this series, very much dedicated to Lamborghini Super Trofeo. Slade Stewart, once again, the quickest of the LB Cup cars with quite a big gap between he and next in class. It's eight cars separate he and Scott Schmidt for second yeah. in the category and about three seconds. Yeah. Scott Schmidt second in the class and down in 25th position ahead of John Hirschberg and then Fred Roberts in fourth position. And... Yeah, an improvement at the f- towards the front of the field. John Capestro de Betts up to third position overall in car number 46. So he goes wow. ahead of Sebastian Carrazzo, his teammate. Uh, both of those two cars running in the Pro-Am category. Third in Pro-Am is Tom Long in car number 25. That's the car for Wayne Taylor Racing who will be sharing with Ashton Harrison. Former LB Cup champion. And Carrazzo has left the pit lane once again. He's gotten out with enough time. He should be able to make it around for at least one flying lap. So trying to regain the honor of the Pro-Am pole position. Is he just trying to find himself some clear track, perhaps? I did stop in his box. That was the interesting thing. But the 47 back out onto the circuit. Who did I see improve? John Hennessy moved up from the bottom of the charts. He's now uh, 25th overall, 10th in the AM class. It is such a competitive AM class this weekend. Yeah. So yeah. many cars. Yes, uh, phenomenal, isn't it? And, uh, <laughs> it really just is. looking where they are on the racetrack. Uh, uh, Nelson PK just going to Canada Corner right now. John Capestro Dubets uh, pretty close behind him. And then Sebastian Carrazzo who is at trading those two. Uh, not quite up to speed yet, Carrazzo, on his outlap here, but uh, certainly got true clear track in front of him. Mm. Slade Stewart is into the pit lane for a provisional pole sitter in the LB Cup category. Kyle Marcelli, who did the fastest Sector 1 that we've seen with a more than decent Sector 2. See if he can pull anything out of the bag and maybe improve on that already fastest lap time. Sebastian Carrazzo crosses the line now, so he will get one flying lap with a minute and 40 left on the charts. When he crosses the line, Marcelli does not improve uh, the lap time of a 206.272, which is still fast enough for fourth on the grid, fifth on the grid, that in and of itself. But the last lap time for Billy Johnson, a 206 flat, he's not far off of his fastest lap time either. These guys are still pushing. 
Yeah, he slowed in the middle sector though, didn't he, Billy? Yeah. Uh, I think he might be in the pits right now, actually. Car number 71. Uh, keep Perhaps my eye second out. fastest car. So it's still Car Marcelli out in front. Billy Johnson in second position. That'll be his best qualifying effort so far in that car number 71 for the TPC team. His best qualifying was a fourth position at Watkins Glen. Currently second fastest. We wait to see. Out? what Randy Soleri can do because he clearly thinks that second in AM class is on the cards. He's done a personal best sector one. So let's see if maybe he can get ahead of Sheehan. It would be a pretty big ask to find more than two tenths as Jeff Courtney jumps up to third in the AM and knocks Randy back a spot. Good lap by Jeff. Who else just moved up at the top of the charts there? There was somebody, uh, Eduardo Piscopo, up into fifth in the pro category. Seventh overall. And Joel Miller, uh, no, sorry, Nico Rieker, who improved his lap time and moves the AM pole position just a little bit further out of reach of everybody behind. As we are now down to five, four, three, two, one. Checkered flag is out. Who will be the first car to see it? I think it's going to be the number four. Yes, it is. So Bart Collins, the first car to complete the qualifying session. Who's that coming into the pit lane? There's Joel Miller. So no improvement for Joel in this qualifying session. And I don't think Carrazzo is able to improve on this lapping. He's probably going to be coming into the pit lane. He was uh, pretty good first sector, but no improvement in the second sector. Uh, I don't think he'll be improving in that kind of 47. Looks like he's going to have to settle perhaps a fifth on the grid. Unless anybody can uh, sneak in from behind. Eduardo Piscopo. As Shay was just saying, he did improve last time around, but hasn't gone any quicker in the first sector on this checkered flag lap. Soleri was not able to improve on that final lap, lost a lot of time in sector two. And Luke Berkeley could move up the charts a little bit here. He had an okay sector one, but a really good sector two. Let's see if that 23 machine, which has been plagued by some bad luck so far this weekend, can maybe find a bit of good luck and move up from last in the pro class and uh, 20th on the grid. Yeah, there's a couple of seconds down oh there, even gosh. in the middle sector, isn't he? So uh, yeah, that uh, lack of lack, lack of track time this weekend, yeah. certainly hindering that car. He takes the checkered flag, does improve, but uh, a 209 one mm. is the best he can do in kind of 23. Moved up one position at least as yeah. far as the uh, race start goes because they will be starting in a mixed grid. They don't separate out based on what class you are in. So that means that John Dubetz will be second, uh, sorry, third. He'll be the first car in the second row is what I was going for. And he's going to get the best draft uh, for the start because it's a very long straight here. And it gives you a lot of opportunity going into turn one. Yeah, so... Uh last cars coming across now. I don't think there's any major improvements. I think all the quick guys have either taken the checkered flag or already into the pit lane. So Carl Marcelli is looking at uh, his, uh, this will be just his second pole position um, overall. He's had a couple, a couple of poles in the, in, the, in the pro class, but he's been beaten by uh, pro-ams uh, on a couple of occasions. So uh, his second pole position for the championship leader in car number one. And Assuming the first qualifying session is kind of going to be annulled because everybody only did a couple of laps, they didn't complete their minimum 10 minutes of track time. That would mean that the grid, I think, is going to be set according to championship, point, uh, to championship points, and there will not be the regular championship point that is awarded 
to pole position to the earned during the session. Good this point. time, however, he will get one point for the overall pole position, and the other class uh, pole sitters also will earn, earn one championship point. So John Capestro de Betts will get that pole point in Pro Am, that'll move him one point closer to the championship lead there. In Am, it is uh, Nico Riga who will extend his championship lead. Already 13 points coming into this round. This will be his third pole position of the season from the young Houstonian. And in LB Cup, another pole position for Slade Stewart in car number 14. That is his, his fourth pole position. So a clean, well, not a clean sweep because uh, <laughs> he, 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 he qualifies. He's just driving solo. So he drives all of the races. This is the uh, seventh race of the season. And it'll be Slade Stewart's fourth pole position. That's it for qualifying. The next time these cars are out on track, it will be race number one tomorrow morning. But we're not quite finished here at Road America today. My thanks for Jeremy Shaw for the last two sessions and a bit of fun. Now it's time to go back to practice, reset the mentality, and the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship coming up next here from Road America. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.